This is the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast with Gary Stotko and Jeremy Julian, helping you run your restaurant better. Super. So let's jump into our discussion today on EMV. Jeremy, what is EMV? So this is kind of the $100 million question that uh, that everybody keeps asking about. And, and obviously, we'll talk a little bit about why we're talking about EMV. But EMV is the electronic chip, and the, the acronym starts for EuroPay MasterCard Visa. And it's a standard that was adopted in Europe a number of years ago. And it's the little square rectangular chip that you might start seeing on your credit cards that are coming in. And it's a, a method to validate that the card is a valid card, that the card numbers that are on there are valid because it talks to the bank through that electronic chip mm-hmm. real time while it's entered into a reader that uh, that can read the EMV content that's on there. So that talks real time to the bank through an EMV reader. Okay. And so let's talk about how, how EMV is going to affect restaurants. So it's going to affect restaurants should they choose to um, should they choose to use them? And, and if anybody's traveled to Europe or Canada, um, we just had one of our coworkers that was in Canada last week doing an installation, and he talked about EMV up there. But you, you may start seeing it at retail establishments and and in um, in the restaurant space because there's a liability shift coming in October, which is actually next week, October 2015. And that liability shift is related to fraudulent cards being used in your environment. And uh, so a lot of restaurateurs are considering picking it up. And, you know, there's lots of different sides to the conversation, whether it's going to be a value or not a value. And Well, let's, let's start with the liability shift itself. And what does that mean? So every merchant, as they have their merchant account with their bank, has terms and conditions of that that um, agreement with the bank. And those terms and conditions dictate what happens when. And so as of October 1st, 2015, the major card brands, MasterCard, Visa, American Express, have determined that if a fraudulent card that is EMV chip enabled is used but not used through the EMV chip as of October 1st, meaning your requirements are the card has to have a chip, it has to be used as a transaction without the chip, and it's a fraudulent card. Instead of the card brands taking that fraudulent charge and doing the chargeback and eating the cost of that, the merchant, the restaurateur, the retailer, the grocery store is the one that's going to be responsible for that payment that is used fraudulently. So let's go backwards one more time. So any card with a chip has to be read with a device to validate that that chip exists, if it's fraudulent, then that restaurateur is off the hook because he used uh, the proper device to read the PIN. Exactly. The- so so if you have a fraudulent card, it should not work with the EMV chip reader because that chip is talking real time to the bank. Hopefully the, the consumer is going to be telling their bank that they lost their card or that their card got stolen if, in fact, the card got stolen. So if they read it with the chip, It'll go out to Bank of America. Bank of America is going to say this card is fraudulent, you know, because it got stolen and we've got it reported as stolen. Mm-hmm. In that same way, a lot of people will go buy card numbers on the internet, go buy them from these people that have that have stolen them from different places, and when they do, they'll reproduce cards that might have a fake EMV chip on it. That fake EMV chip is not going to have the decoding to talk to Bank of America when it does. So 
that card that card will get declined because when they try and insert it into the chip reader, it's going to say declined. And so we'll have to we the industry will have to educate the restaurant tours that if the card gets declined as a chip, it's probably because it's fraudulent and don't accept that card because. Oftentimes, if you were to swipe that same card, it'll go through, but it won't go through if you do it as a chip transaction because it is talking real time to the bank. Gotcha. Okay, so let's let's delve into PCI and EMV and the liability shift. Is there? It, it seems there's an opportunity for confusion. There is, and and a lot of times because PCI has been such a buzzword in our industry for so long, and the PCI is the is the security council that's related to credit card security. PCI has nothing to do with EMV. They are two totally different standards. The the um, EMV liability shift is just that, a liability shift between the merchant processor and the merchant. So the processor and the merchant have an agreement that says these transactions, you know, if it's a fraudulent card. PCI is related to securing the cardholder data and what you are allowed to store, what you're not allowed to store, and if you store it, how does it need to be secured? How do you need to have policies and procedures? How do you need to have um, firewalls put in place? And all of these different things that are related to, depending upon your um, the way that you process and store cards, it could end up being up to 250, 300 questions that you have to go through and answer related to PCI. But none of them have anything to do with whether you're using a car, a chip reader or a swipe. In the EMV circumstance, it's still talking real-time to the bank, but the card number is not changing. The card number is still the card number to validate that that's your account and that you have money on that. You know, you have funds available for that transaction. Right, right. Okay. Now let's talk about the difference between EMV and point-to-point encryption. So, and point-to-point and and end-to-end, you'll hear those buzzwords going along. That is also a security protocol, less um, a method for payment. Point-to-point and or end-to-end encryption, and there's a, there's a, some nuances, and we can get into those, but probably not in today's show. But the idea behind point-to-point um, encryption is that, that once the card number passes through the card reader, once the card leaves the server's hands through the card reader, the data is encrypted such that nobody could get to it unless they had the decryption codes, which are really, really... You know, you'd have to be part of the manufacturer of the of the hardware to know how to decrypt those things. And so that is a security protocol related to securing the cardholder information. EMV, as we talked about, is a method to validate that a card is valid. And um, we had a webinar last year with the CEO of um, of MagTech where we would talk about the differences. And, and we go into a bit more depth there, but um, would implore you to go look check out the Restaurant Technology Guys website and you can probably go... Um, actually, check out our YouTube channel because I think we posted that uh, that with Mimi Hart, who's right. the CEO of um, of uh, MagTech, and we've got some visuals along that along that line. So EMV is a consumer facing technology to help reduce cloned cards. Point to point encryption is data security for for the restaurant brand yeah. for the restaurant brand more than anything. And so, if I were to have to spend my own money on on you know doing something. I would want to put in point-to-point encryption because you're going to get a more secure environment where nobody can come in and steal. Uh, my personal opinion, and again, this is just my opinion, I don't think that if somebody's coming in with a fraudulent card, they're coming in for a steak and a glass of wine. They're probably going to go buy a television, a computer, a refrigerator, something that has that's a hard good that can be resold because 
then I'm going to come in with a fraudulent card and I'm going to be able to resell resell that item on the black market for cash. Mm-hmm. Going and buying a steak and a glass of wine, I'm probably not going to be able to resell that to my friends out on the back alley because there's no reason that they that they want that. You know what? Criminals are going to come up with ways to try and steal from our restaurants and they always have and they always will. So time will tell how it's going to change, you know, next week when the uh, when the October deadline comes about. But uh, I don't see the, the, the risk in the restaurants being nearly as high as it is in retail and in hard goods stores. So what's it take for my re- restaurant to be ready to take EMV transactions? If you guys have followed us for any length of time, you guys would know that we're, we're a, we are a PosiTouch reseller and we also resell a product called North Star Order Entry. So two point of sale platforms. It depends on your point of sale platform as to what you need to do. Anybody and everybody could go and accept EMV cards probably next week by just getting an EMV compatible device and getting their credit cards outside of their system. So option number one is that you just take credit cards and you pull them completely out of the system. You don't um, have them integrated like it was, you know, 25 or 30 years ago. And you use an EMV compatible device that talks over cellular or over Wi-Fi or is plugged into Ethernet that all that does is it processes the cards and then you have to do a reconciliation at the end of the night. So that's option one. Option two is to talk to your point of sale provider and figure out where their integrations are. Do they have integrations? Because each of the merchant processors, Payment Tech, First Data, Vantiv, all of those different processors that are out there, and there's there's probably about a dozen of them, all have a separate and distinct certification process, as well as a certification process on the hardware platform. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be different hardware by processor, and there's also going to be different um different certification methods, and they're going to have different levels of what they can do and what they can't do within each processor, depending upon what their capabilities are from a technology footprint standpoint. That's great advice for folks um, using a variety of point-of-sale systems. Let's take a quick second and talk about PosiTouch. So with PosiTouch, and, and that's that's where a lot of our um, customers are at today because that's what we've been selling for over 20 years now, is with PosiTouch today... There are, well, and again, you could be downloading this podcast in, in months, so you know you, this, this information may be old. But as of today, there are no, no finalized certifications with Midnight Express as a credit card processing software. And there is one certification with First Data with Transaction Plus credit card middleware. In the future, the, the right now, Midnight Express is in the middle of certifying with Heartland, with First Data, with... Um, Mercury, and there's one more that I can't remember. excuse me. Yeah. So with Midnight Express, you they, they're currently in the process of certifying with four different processors. The first being First Data, the next being Heartland Payment Systems, third being Mercury, and then the fourth, what was that one again, Gary? It is TSIS. Yeah, TSIS. So um, they're still a little bit behind just because of some of the processors with some of the other products that are out there, but uh, but they're working up their list of, of how to certify all of those different, as the processors become available to work with, Midnight Express and Transaction Plus, for that matter, are looking to certify all of the EMV certifications. Because of the way that it came about and the fact that many of the retailers are the ones that are pushing it, they have gotten kind of the first certifications and restaurants are going to be a, a, a new wave that's coming up with the, with the processors because a lot of the retailers knew that hard goods would be where the criminals would go first. Mm-hmm. Those guys kind of got to the front of the list and now some of the processors for the point of sale platforms um, running restaurants are coming in now. Interesting. Did that surprise you? 
it didn't like i said and, and again this is just my opinion but i think that uh i think that more and more people are going to go buy with fraudulent cards hard goods that they can go resell and make some money on than they are going to go um buy you know steak and steak and, and a glass of wine yeah the only other thing that i could foresee is um purchasing large quantities of gift cards yeah and that's that's the one thing that i would say you know and, and again i've had a few um I've had a few restaurant tours that have that have decided to go ahead and put just one in their restaurant because there was just an article that I read this week that said only about 10% of U.S. consumers have an EMV chip on their card. And so we're talking about the 10% right now. And maybe that number is, is misclassified. Maybe it's 20%. But it's definitely not close to 100% that have EMV chips enabled on their cards. Yeah, even a light survey in the office. I haven't received any of the chip-enabled cards yet um and talking to ryan he already had just got three new ones with the chip yeah and and two of my three i you know carry three credit cards around and two of my three have a chip but again they the the, the surveys out there say only about 10 percent of people of consumers have them and so we're only talking about 10 percent. so what this one restaurant brand did is they put one out there if somebody's going out and trying to buy a whole bunch of gift cards they are doing it through that chip reader mm-hmm if they're just buying regular dinner and buying everything else, they're doing it the same way that they always have. Okay. So that's the way that they solve that problem. But uh, that that's just one example of, of somebody, and that's how they decided to handle it. Not saying that that's the right way. It's just what they've chosen to do. Yeah. Well, let's talk about legalities. Um, I know that there's a lot of confusion around, is EMV something that I'm legally bound to do? EMV is not something you're legally bound to do. It is simply a liability shift. And so you can choose to... Anecdotally, we just were talking with a client this week that that has a chain of about 80 restaurants. They all do very, very high volume. You know, if they were a publicly traded company and they showed up on uh, Nation's Restaurant News list, they would be on there um, because they do some pretty decent volume. They looked at their fraud numbers and their fraud numbers were less than $1,000 in their 80 restaurants. Not their fraud numbers, their their chargeback numbers were such a small percentage of their total overall take that they as a brand today have decided to not spend the money on these hardware pieces because you are going to have to buy pieces of hardware. It is going to change the ordering process and the payment process. It is going to take longer whether you like it or not, not from a perspective of the technology, although the technology does take longer, but it's also just consumer behavior. I know, again, as a consumer, I've gone to Lowe's and Home Depot in the last couple of weeks and the transaction takes significantly longer. I know how it works, and it still is a pretty painful process. And half the time, the cashier goes, ah, that doesn't work. Just swipe the card. Because for them, they're frustrated, and they want the five other people behind you in line to get through the line. And so that's what they've chosen to tell me to do. And again, all anecdotal proof, but I think that I think it'll be a different scenario a year or two from now when consumers are used to it Mm -hmm. and the tours and or retailers are used to it. But as of now, I think it's going to be such a small percentage of people that are going to be accepting it that it'll end up it'll end up being few and far between for now, but it'll start to build as time goes on. Yeah, people will adopt it more quickly as time goes forward. I mean, you've got the difference between swiping and dipping, and with swipe, it was swipe and put the card away. With dipping, you got to leave the card in the in the device to complete the transaction. Yep, the whole time, and and oftentimes, and again, one of our coworkers was just in Canada, and he says it takes in their card reader situations the way they do it because they do at least the three restaurants that he went to had a non-integrated solution and all three of those non-integrated solutions were over cellular and it was taking he says up to 60 seconds to get his card rung 
in and, and paid for. Wow. So that 60 seconds, if you're in a quick service environment where your speed of service is imperative, I, you know, I would strongly consider it. Okay. One of the other things that I would say that, that we consider and I would talk to people about it is those device readers oftentimes also will accept NFC payments mm-hmm. such as Apple Pay and Google Wallet. And so I would strongly suggest if you're going to go down that route that you figure out some incentive, especially if you're in a quick service environment or fast casual environment where you need to turn your line over at lunch and dinner time, that you incent your customer base to start to use NFC payment because that'll be significantly faster than using EMV. Right, right. Well, we've run through um, what is EMV, EMV, when's the deadline, what's what's the liability shift, how is it with P, how's it compared to PCI? I've gathered all this information. I've listened to this podcast. What am I going to do next with this? Well, and I think that um, the first thing I would evaluate is, is is go look at your fraud numbers. Go look at your fraud numbers. Go look at your chargeback numbers and see if it's even something that you want to consider. A lot of people that we know in the space are doing the wait and see game. And then secondarily, talk to your credit card provider, your your merchant bank, and say, what options do I have? Pay, call Payment Tech. Call Heartland. Call Mercury, call whoever it is that you're working with and say, tell me what I need to do. And oftentimes they're going to have a kit that they're going to send out to you and say, here's what you need to do. Decide as a brand, are you going to choose to do it with the point of sale or are you going to do it non-integrated? Are you going to do this hybrid solution that this customer did where they only take the credit card, you know, credit cards that have a chip for gift cards and they do them through the system and then they do everything else through a standard system and do the standard method. And so once you determine that, then you need to get a hold of your point of sale provider and talk with them about what options they have available. Every day it's changing. Every day your point of sale provider is working with the um, middleware providers to figure out what's the next step. And, and once they figure out what those next steps are, then we'll be able to determine what options you have available to you. Excellent. So the first thing that I would do if I were if I were a restaurateur today is I would go back and look at what my chargeback numbers look like. Because once I understand what my chargeback numbers look like, and you know we were talking about this 80 store chain just a minute ago, their numbers were so minuscule that they just decided, you know what, it doesn't make sense for me to even consider doing EMV today. Yeah, the so, risk wasn't high enough. For them to even consider it. And so that was option number one. That'd be option number one that I would look at. Option number two is I would I would call my merchant processor, my, my payment tech, my um, payment tech Heartland, First data. First data, whoever that is, Mercury, and just ask them and say, hey, you know, the CMV thing, what are my, what, what do I need to do to get on your guys' platform with this? Then, you know, after you've evaluated, you've decided that it's something you want or need to do, then you talk with those, those guys. They'll give you your kind of different options. Then you need to call your point of sale provider if you're going to do an integrated solution. If you decide to go non-integrated, you still need to call your credit card, I mean, your um, point of sale provider because they're going to be able to tell you what it is that you need to do within your point of sale to be non-integrated, which typically it's pretty easy to get non-integrated. And then, you know, then you're going to have to write some policies and procedures to work with your staff to do non-integrated. If you need to do integrated, then you need to talk with your point of sale provider and your merchant processor to figure out what hardware do I need to buy? What's the integration cost? Am I on the correct version? There's a bunch of different different options that need to go along with the with that once you get get uh, get going and decide that you want to do an integrated solution. Okay, super. Great information that we shared here today in this podcast. Thanks for joining us. You guys know how to reach out to us. Don't hesitate to comment on the podcast, our webcast, anything. Um, we need the feedback so we can make better shows for you guys. 
Thank you, Jeremy, for the information. Thank you, Gary. Wish you guys uh, a great day. We'll catch you on the next show. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast. Visit restauranttechnologyguys.com for tips, industry insights, and more to help you run your restaurant better. It is TSIS.